You're listening to podcast audio from Radiant Church, located in Bay City, Michigan. For more information on Radiant Church, you can check us out on www.radiantbc.com or follow us on social media at Radiant Bay City. Morning, Radiant Church. How's everybody doing today? Good, 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 good. Well, we have a special treat for you guys today. Pastor Marco and Carrie are away on a sabbatical, enjoying some time away and enjoying a renewal of their minds and their hearts. So keep them in prayer as they relax, and hopefully the kids will behave and they will have a nice, relaxing vacation. So today, though, in spite of him not being here, we have Pastor Tony, and he is from uh, Radiant Nashville, and he's going to be continuing our series on the Kingdom Manifesto, talking about blessed are the merciful because they will be shown mercy. So this is a really good message for you to listen, let it fill your heart, let it challenge you as you listen to his words, and I'm just going to pray and then we'll turn it over to uh, Pastor Tony. Father, Lord, we thank you today for another day of mercy and another day of grace. Your mercy lasts forever, Father, and help us today to learn from Pastor Tony as he reads in Matthew. And Father, just that it challenges our hearts, Lord, to remember that you are a God of faithfulness, you are a God of mercy, you're a God of grace, and you show us that every day. So thanks again, Father, for filling this room with your presence today, and we just pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So get ready, and we're going to turn this one over to Pastor Tony. Well, hey, Radiant Church, Bay City. It's so good to be with you. Uh, My name is Tony. I'm the lead pastor of Radiant Church, and I just want to give some love uh, to all of Team Radiant, everyone that's joining us for service today. Huge shout out to Pastor Marco and Carrie. Love you guys, honor you both. Uh, You guys have incredible, incredible leaders. And uh, Marco is a firm believer. If you read a book a day, it keeps the doctor away. He is a mad, ferocious reader. Love his heart for uh, his city. Love his heart for Radiant Church. And uh, just love seeing what God's doing in your midst. I was with you guys in person uh, back in 2018, right before we were ready to launch Radiant Church Nashville. And y'all were in an elementary school. And look at you guys now in your own building. I can't wait to be in person uh, to come back with you to see it. I've only seen pictures. It looks amazing. Love what God's doing in your midst. Uh, But for now, uh, the delivery system of today's sermon is via video. I'm honored to, to fill in today. Pastor Marco taking a much needed rest and mini sabbatical. Glad he's doing that. Uh, but I'm excited about delivering this word today. Let me just tell you a little bit about my crew first. For those of you who don't know me, I have a picture. Um, here's my beautiful family. I've got four kids, age three, six, nine, and 11. Uh, I've been married to my forever girlfriend, Kim, for uh, 12 years. And uh, we live in Nashville. We love life in Nashville. I'm a closet foodie. Matter of fact, I, I come out, I'm a foodie. Love food. Uh, love a good coffee in the morning. If you know me, I'm a fur. I just lean into all of the names of God. And one of God's covenant theological names is Jehovah Java. Come on, somebody. And um, I love all things coffee. And 
when my wife and I, we were both born and raised in Illinois. And when we were in Illinois, my wife, um, she's very artsy-fartsy, very creative. She, uh, she still is a photographer. She had a photography business when we were, when we were in Illinois. Um, and I just remember during that season, uh, when we, when she was, um, leading that business and, and doing her thing, um, I just remember when she would do weddings or she would do like a maternity shoot or she would do portraits for somebody, um, or infants, whatever the majority of time people were thrilled and satisfied with the image. More often than not, there was 100% customer satisfaction, but there were a couple people here and there that, that weren't happy, weren't pleased with their images. You kind of had that one nitpicky client, and maybe that might be you. That's cool. No, no judgment here. Uh, but you might kind of be that nitpicky person where, you know, they want them to, you want them to, to retake the picture. You know, you can see like a, a, a imprint in their hand that was holding their chip, whatever. You might have those people from time to time. But I came across a story of a guy who uh, was very, very upset with his photographer. And he was very upset with the product, the picture of himself. And he vocalized that to the photographer. And he rushed back into the photographer. And he said to the photographer, look at this picture of me. This picture does not do me justice. And the photographer looked back at my man. And he told him, sir, with a face like yours, you don't need justice, you need mercy. And uh, that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Everyone, if you could, with me, look at your neighbor, go ahead and do it, and just say, Lord, have mercy. And look to your other neighbor, the second choice, go ahead and tell them right now, Lord, have mercy. And here's what Jesus has to say in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, about Mercy, that's going to be what we're talking about today. He says this, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. God, I pray as we open up your scripture today, Lord, I ask that your word would be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Lord, teach us about your mercy. God, I pray that you'd give me precision and accuracy. Uh, even though uh, we can't be in the same room, we know that you're in the room. And we know that where two or more are gathered in your name, you're there in the midst of them. So I thank you for Radiant Church Bay City. Thank you for those listening, watching online, who will watch later. I pray, God, that this would be a word in season. Thank you that your word is, is not just timeless, but it's timely. And I pray that this would be a timely word for your church, for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, today, we're going to continue in the Kingdom Manifesto series, looking at the Sermon on the Mount. And if you've been gone uh, or just are new at Radiant Church or you've, you know, you've, you've missed out on this series, uh, this whole series, this Kingdom Manifesto series is all about unwrapping and unlocking the beautiful reality of the most important sermon Jesus ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. And we're looking at the Beatitudes. And... Uh, this sermon was preached by Jesus. It was delivered from the, from a mountain, Mount of the Mount of Beatitudes. I was in Israel a few years ago. I was able to to see where they believed was the actual mountain that Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus delivers the beginning of this message, these eight beatitudes, and these beatitudes become blessings that accrue to kingdom people, not church people. I'm talking about kingdom people. 
kingdom, kingdom people, men, women, children who consciously, unapologetically come under the rule and reign of God. Listen, y'all, if there's a kingdom, that means that there's a king. And if there's a king, that means that there's rulership and lordship. And the king that we serve, that sits on high and is seated at the right hand of God, he has a name and his name is Jesus. Matthew 5, the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount is the king's speech. And when the king speaks, we listen. And he preaches this sermon and, and he's trying to help us understand what kingdom living looks like. He gives these Beatitudes to tell you and I today the blessings of those who adopt a kingdom perspective, a kingdom mentality, a kingdom orientation, a kingdom focus, and a kingdom priority. And so if we were to ask the question today, and if I was to, if this sermon was to ask a question today, how do we live as a believer in the kingdom of God living on earth? we would get the answer in this sermon that Jesus preaches. See, what Jesus said and what he taught up until this point in, in Matthew chapter 5, no one had ever taught this before. They didn't have any expectation of the kingdom of heaven, the rule and reign of God, like Jesus spoke of. Again, if you're, if you're new to Jesus or if, or if you're new to the Sermon on the Mount and you start to read the first few verses of Matthew chapter 5, man, you must have been thinking Jesus was out in his mind. Like in what planet or what universe is anything on this list kind of like a good thing? Like what's going on here? Like blessed are those who what? Who are poor in spirit? Blessed? Happy are those? Or blessed? Happy are those who, are, who mourn? Blessed are those who, who, per, who are persecuted for righteousness sake? That's blessing? You must be crazy. See, the kingdom is an upside down, inside out kingdom. See, the way up in the kingdom is down. If you, want to get in the, if you want to get in the kingdom, you have to give. If you want to be the first in the kingdom, you have to be the last. And so what we find in the Sermon on the Mount is actually eight descriptions, eight kinds of people, and it's a strange list. And so so far in the series, we've covered, I believe, the first five Beatitudes. And, and what we can see in this list is that there's a clear distinction between the first four Beatitudes and the, and the last four and the first four are not virtues, but the last four are kind of closer, closer to virtues. Let me read our verse again. Matthew 5, verse 7. We got one verse today, y'all. We can do this. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Here's my sermon in one sentence. Are you ready? If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Here's my sermon, one sentence. When you show mercy, it blesses God. But when God shows his mercy, it blesses you. And you know, we spend a lot of time trying to figure out like what's the algorithm and the formula for God to bless me and to bless us? Like what's the formula? Like how do I, how do I, what do I need to do to get God to bless me? And can I tell you that many of us actually have it backwards? The strategy on, on how to get God to bless me is this. It's to ask God, God, how can I bless you? And we find a blessing in showing mercy or being merciful. So, so let's talk about what does it mean to be merciful? Merciful means to be full of mercy, to be overflowing with mercy. But what does that mean? The, the cultural definition of mercy is, means to, to show compassion on the poor or the guilty. When we have mercy on someone, it, it's, it's, it's someone who's poor or who's needy or who's guilty. And here's the good news about that. 
if I can pause for a moment, you and I, church, we're poor and needy. We're poor and needy. We are poor and bankrupt before Almighty God. But what we're going to find here in a minute is that he has showered mercy upon us. But let me give you a biblical definition of mercy. It means this, to bring help to the wretched or to help one who's afflicted. That's the biblical definition of, of, of mercy. It's a, it's a verb, this word mercy here. It's the first time in the New Testament that mercy is used, Jesus from the mouth of Jesus. It's a verb that means to compassionate. It means to put compassion in action. It's, it's one thing to have compassion, y'all. It's another thing to put your compassion in action. God didn't just have compassion on you. He compassionated towards you. He did something to get you out of your situation. So, so we have to understand here that mercy assumes something. Mercy assumes that there is a miserable situation that is needing to be relieved of. That there's been circumstances that someone has, a, has come upon that are, that's weighing that person down. And that person needs someone, needs someone to come and lift it off of them. And so what you need is mercy. And mercy is compassion for people in need. And if I can just define what mercy is today, if we can all get on the same page to take that biblical definition of mercy, to make it plain. Everyone say, make it plain. Make it plain. Here it is. Mercy is reducing, removing, or relieving someone's distress. That's compassion in action. And I just got two points for you today. I wish I had a third, but I just got two points, of very simple, very profound. And I don't, want to preach to, uh, I don't want to preach to your head today to give you a bunch of knowledge. I don't want to preach to your feet today to make you go do a bunch of stuff. I just want to preach to your heart today. And I want to do it with two points from the text. It's very simple. And I just pray that this you would be enwrapped in the truth and the reality of this because I want to bless God. I want to be blessed by God. And I want to see that reality happen in your life and in your church and in your community. Here's the first thing I just need you to know today. You ready? Mercy to you. Mercy to you. In order to understand what merciful means, we need to understand mercy received. And I think we can make distinguish, we can make this distinction. I think this will help us get a better revelation of mercy. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Justice is getting what you do deserve. But mercy is withholding what you do deserve. It's getting what you don't deserve. And so when someone's found guilty of a crime, they will throw themselves on the mercy of the court if they're in court. And they're going to ask the court and the judge to not give them what the penalty requires. They're asking to be relieved, reduced, or removed of a penalty that the law or justice requires. Mercy is asking God to not let me bear the full weight of what I could be bearing. I need mercy. I started playing this game with my boys. They're little, three and five. And we would play this game where we would squeeze each other's hand as hard as we could. And, and, and I would squeeze hard and they would squeeze hard. And then I would kind of squeeze hard and I would kind of put all this pressure and I would be pulling their fingers back. And in order for me to relieve them from their misery, they would have to say this word, mercy, or the way that they would say it, mercy, mercy, mercy. Or, you know, they would do it to me and they would try to, you know, hurt my hand. And, and when it was hurting me, I would go, mercy, mercy. And, and then they would let go. And so we've been, we've been doing a little bit of training, UFC training, and uh, we're, we're, we're practicing, you know, tapping out. And, and when it starts to hurt and, 
You're getting choked out. You're going to say, mercy, mercy. Mercy also looks like this. When an officer, when you're driving on, on the road, and, and, the, and the officer pulls you over for going, you know, 15 miles over the limit, 20 miles over, um, he pulls you over because you or I were guilty of breaking the law. And when he comes to the car, and he'll tell you, uh, sir, you know how fast you're driving? And, and some, some of us might be like, sir, I know I was going over the limit and I just saw the sign and I'm in a rush. And, and so what you start to do is you start to plead for mercy. And what do we say? Sir, can, can I get a break this time? That, that's you and I pleading for mercy. That was a plea for mercy. Justice says you're speeding and you deserve to come under the penalty and go to traffic safety school for life. Um, your request is, listen, don't give me what my speedometer calls for, but give me mercy. See, see, mercy is at the backdrop of justice. And justice says, this is what you deserve. Mercy is saying, don't give me what I deserve. See, mercy is undeserved kindness. Grace is unmerited favor. So listen, mercy is undeserved kindness, not grace. And I think the problem is, is sometimes believers, we get these two things mixed up and, and confused. Mercy is undeserved kindness. Again, my kids in my house, they have favor with me. They can walk into my house anytime. They can walk into the kitchen. They can open the refrigerator. They can get whatever they want. Why? Because they have favor with me. But if I came home and I found you in the kitchen with your head in the fridge and I don't know you, you might meet my 12 gauge. See, grace is the unmerited favor of God. And it's the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to overcome sin, to live life on this side of heaven. And so whenever we're talking about the forgiveness of sin, that is mercy. Listen, I just want you to know today, under this point, y'all, God saved us because of his mercy. We're saved by his mercy. Titus 2 tells us that. It says he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but, but according to his own mercy. This is good news, everybody. God gave Jesus what you and I deserved. But because God is a good God, and he's a God of justice, somebody, somewhere had to pay, and it wasn't us, it was Jesus. God is not just merciful, but listen, y'all, he is mercy. God is the full embodiment of mercy. And some people actually think that God's mercy will end one day. Can I tell you that God's mercy will never end? But God is mercy, I'll tell you why, but, but God is mercy. When, when Moses went up to the mountain, Mount Sinai, Exodus chapter 33, he asked God, God, who are you? And listen to his response in Exodus 34. I love this. Exodus 34, verse 6. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Can I just reread how God describes who he is one more time? The God of compassion and mercy. He's mercy. Ephesians 2, 4 says that he, Jesus, is rich in mercy. Listen, God is rich in other words. God's rich in mercy. In other words, God is rich in relieving 
removing and reducing the weight of stress, discouragement, pain, sin, and problems that come our way. Mercy is God's reaction to our misery. Listen to what Proverbs 136 says. And I won't read all of it because there's uh, 26 verses. But in, in Proverbs 136, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever, the New King James Version says. Give thanks to the God of gods, for His mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, His mercy endures forever. To whom Him alone does great wonders, for His mercy endures forever. To Him who by understanding made the heavens, for His mercy endures forever. To Him who spread out the earth above the waters, his mercy endures forever. All 26 verses of Psalm 136 and the same way. His mercy endures forever. Do you think that God's trying to tell us something? I think so. What if I committed an abomination? His mercy endures forever. What if I committed a sin? His mercy endures forever. Forever. What if I looked at that screen again? His mercy endures forever. What if I fell again? His mercy endures forever. What if I did this? His mercy endures forever. What if I did that though? His mercy endures forever. Can somebody say amen today? Listen. You can't get away from God's mercy. You can't outrun it. You cannot sin it. There is no end to God's mercy. There is nothing more powerful than the blood of Jesus and the mercy of God. And I want to say it this way. This might be a provocative statement, but I'm going to say it anyways. I think that we've, been, we've become so great at making mercy so small and sin so great. But when in reality, our sin on this side of the cross is so small in light of the great mercy of our great God. Now that statement isn't a license, license to go out and, and sin, but it's an empowerment to holy living. Mercy isn't a license to sin, it's an invitation to transformation. Lamentations 3, 22, 23. Listen, every one of us woke up today and that was a gift from God. By His grace, He woke us up today. He gave us a gift. And Lamentations says this beautiful verse. You know, when you woke up today, do you know something met you on the other side of your pillow? It wasn't your dog licking your face or your cat or your child with, you know, doing one of these deals where his legs are across your chest. That's our three-year-old right now. But can I tell you something met you today when you woke up this morning? Don't take my word for it. Lamentations 3 says this. Verse 22, it says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Praise God for that. He can, but he doesn't. Why? For his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Verse 22 says, because of the Lord's love, we are not consumed for his mercy never fail. His mercies, y'all, are made new every day. Listen, every day you get to wake up, it is mercy that came and met you. The first reason that, that you wake up to mercy is simply because you wake up. You get to see the morning, you have another day, and every day God is withholding what justice would give. And I'm about to give justice to this fly in a minute. But in fact, there's, there's people 
right now who are listening to this message that you should be in the grave. But because God in his rich mercy came along your bedside or came and rescued you out of whatever situation that you were in and he saved you. And if you would look back over your life and if I look back over my life and we saw some of the things that we did and the places that we went and the folks that we were with, listen, y'all, we shouldn't be here if only justice ruled. But somewhere down the line, mercy intersected with justice and told justice, hold up. Psalm 23, 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen, you have two bodyguards that surround you wherever you go, and their names are goodness and mercy. You don't have to look far or hard for mercy because it follows you. You don't have to go far to find it. All you have to do is find somewhere to kneel down and bow. Listen, mercy is the tangible act of removing the misery. He he says, listen, there's there's a blessing for those who show mercy because you can bet your bottom dollar that there's coming a day in your life where you're going to need mercy. You're going to want God not to give you all that you deserve. God says, blessed are those who show mercy for they will receive mercy. On the day that you need it, God's going to check your record to see whether you gave mercy or whether I gave mercy. This is one of the great blessings that you can call on God for the mercy that you actually show to somebody else in their day of misery when you're needing it. Listen, all of us have had to carry some kind of heavy circumstances. Listen, we're coming out of 2020, y'all. Some of us are still heavy. Some of us are still weighed down by the season of uncertainty and the number that 2020 did on us and our family. All of us have had to carry heavy burdens that weigh us down and we needed something to lift our burdens off our shoulders and that is called mercy. Mercy reduces, removes, and relieves us from our distress, our discouragement, our brokenness, and our pain. Mercy is God's reaction to our misery. And mercy is the sinner's best friend and that mercy came to visit you via Jesus Christ. And so mercy came to you. Here's my last point. Mercy through you. Mercy through you, like through you. Listen, those who are merciful are the ones who seek to relieve, reduce, or remove the misery and distress, the problems and the pain that's been weighing down in an individual. And Jesus is talking about the blessing that the bestower of mercy will receive. Let me read it again. Blessed are those who are merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And there's two reasons that we would need mercy. We've been talking about this a little bit, but to frame this up, the one reason that you would need mercy is because of of the debilitating impact of sin on your life or the painful way of, of circumstances that might be weighing you down, even though it didn't deal directly with you committing some kind of sin, but because we live on this side of Genesis chapter three. Many of us are are enduring the misery of life because of of something that has happened. And some of us are are, are doing that directly or indirectly because of maybe our rebellion against God. Where disobedience to God and dealing with those consequences become part of the the repercussions of our actions. And there's things that that you can choose that are in your control. And for some of us, maybe we haven't made those right decisions. Many of us are dealing with the misery of life because of the choices that we have made and the choices of others. 
But guess what? The Bible says that he does not reward us according to our iniquities. That is good news for somebody today, for all of us. He doesn't give us strike for strike or blow for blow. And that is good news. Why? Because of mercy. And the second reason for, miser- for, 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 um, for mercy is because we have misery because of circumstances that are outside of our control. Maybe a natural disaster came and swept somebody away or, or we lost some things. Companies closed down because of a, a financial crisis and you become miserable, miserable because of those circumstances. And so we need mercy to come and lift the burden that we can't control ourselves. And here's what Jesus is saying. Blessed are those who are merciful. Blessed are those who who sympathize with the pain of others and seek to get involved in their situation to remove, relieve, or reduce what they're going through. Listen, if you want to bless God and you want to be blessed, learn to be merciful. And, and, and here's why the wind is, is maybe not at our back in 2020 when it comes to dispensing mercy. Here's why. Here's the tension in the sermon for you and I today. Here's why we struggle with showing mercy. Because we live in a culture that's all about me, myself, and I. Because we live in a, in a dog-eat-dog world where we're just like, man, it's all about number one and nobody else. I got to get mine. It's a dog-eat-dog world. I got to go get mine. That's the kind of world we live in. Y'all, that's not mercy. That's me. And in, in, in 2018, the, the Barna Group actually did a study, a major study on mercy and forgiveness. And the, and the findings were, were profound, shocking, sobering. Here's what they found about Christians in the U.S., in the church. Almost half of practicing Christians in the United States say that mercy doesn't influence their thoughts and actions. One in four practicing Christians say that they have at least one person in their life that they cannot forgive. Christians grapple with whether certain people deserve compassion or forgiveness. Y'all, this means that they're not different from the world and non-believers when it comes to merciful attitudes and actions. Listen, we're trying to serve a merciful God in a merciless world. Mercy says that I'm going to seek to relieve, remove, and reduce the burden or weight that is on those, and guess what? I can provide it to them. And listen, from a capacity standpoint, you can't be merciful to everybody, but you can be merciful to somebody. You can't relieve everybody's problems, but you can relieve someone's problem. You can't relieve everybody's pain, but you can relieve someone's pain. You can reduce someone's pain. You can, we use the excuse, well, man, I just, I can't help everybody. It's just, it's so overwhelming. I look at the world, I look at the news. There's so much help and so much mercy. I can't do anything. Listen, do for one what you would want to do for everyone. You can be merciful. I can be merciful. We can practice this. This is the essence of being radiant, is extending mercy to those who are in need. Listen, mercy is not feeling sorry for somebody because you can feel sorry for somebody and not do anything. You just just feel bad about their situation. Now, feeling sorry has its place. But mercy always involves action to reduce, relieve, or remove the misery that has come. So what's the blessing? What's the blessing? Let me read it one more time. Blessed are the merciful for what? What's the response? When, when, when we walk in a merciful way, what happens? What happens? They shall receive mercy. Ooh, this is deep, y'all. You ever hear what goes around comes around? 
In other words, you, you get what you give. Listen, a lot of people don't give mercy because they don't need it right now. You're just like, man, I'm okay right now. Life's going well right now. So I don't have time to be merciful. But listen, y'all, trust me, there is coming a day. And that day has your number on it. And there's coming a day where you're going to need God to relieve and to reduce and to remove your pain because of a mistake you made that you thought you would never make or a situation in your life that's weighing you down. And you're going to need God to reach down and lift some of that weight off you. Guess what God's going to do when you call on him for mercy? He's going to check your mercy deposit record. Because blessed are the merciful, why? For they shall receive mercy. Let me reverse it. Cursed are the merciless because they ain't getting nothing. Listen, if you want God to relieve your pain when you're going through issues, we need to stop skipping the opportunities that God provides right in front of us to show mercy to those around us. If you ever call a company and they got your bill wrong or they shipped you the wrong product and you need to talk to someone on customer service, you pick up the phone, you call, and you hear that voice that comes on, that automated voice, and it said, then, and it's, you're not actually talking to a human being, go figure, calling customer service and you don't talk to a human. But what you do here is an automated voice that says, this call may be monitored for quality assurance. That means that somebody might be listening to see whether the customer service is up to par. That this call is, is being monitored. Listen, God is saying, your mercy is being monitored for quality compassion. So that when you need the same service, we're going to check how you gave the service of mercy to others. Listen, you can't help, help everybody. You can't relieve everybody of all their pain. But God's going to give you plenty of opportunities to relieve somebody. And that's your neighbor. So who do I be merciful to? Your, your neighbor. Those you come across to in your everyday life. Listen, you're going, to want to know, you're going to want to remember this verse. James 2.13 says, For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown mercy. Mercy triumphs over justice. Listen, y'all, when we refuse to show mercy, we're betraying the merciful one because he's bestowed it to us and he gets us to, a, to it to us so he can get it through us. So how do you show mercy? Just really quickly, how do you show mercy? By helping the poor. When you return kindness for evil, and, and I think you guys still might do this, but when you check in on Facebook or whatever, you're actually sh helping deposit um, financial funds to help somebody in need. And so you can help the poor. You show mercy by helping the poor. You show mercy by returning kindness for evil. Listen, when, so when someone drives a certain way that, that's not kind to you and they, 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 they give you the number one finger and they respond unkindly, I don't know what it is, man, but, but, but when, when Christians drive, they, they lose their salvation. Um, but, but you can actually respond no matter what they did to you in a, in a way, in an act of compassion. You, you show mercy to someone by forgiving them. Listen, forgiveness is not an option for Christ followers. And so I just want the Holy Spirit to punctuate my points today. And, and I just want to say, if, 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 if your life and my life is so full of me, your life is so full of you when given the opportunity to reduce, to relieve, or to remove the misery of someone else, and you skip over everybody else because you're only concerned about you, then when your day comes and when you cry out for mercy, loved ones, there will be none to give to you because you 
will have stored up none. Listen, God's love is unconditional, but God's blessings are conditional. Listen, you qualify for mercy vertically when you freely give it horizontally. You qualify for mercy vertically when you freely give it horizontally. One day, a little boy came to his mother and said, Mama, give me a peanut butter sandwich. And Mama went ahead and made him a peanut butter sandwich, but it didn't look right. And so she handed that peanut butter sandwich to that little boy. And that little boy looked at that sandwich and looked at his mom and smiled. And, she, and that little boy said to Mama, Mama, I asked you for a peanut butter sandwich and you put jelly on it too. Listen, do you know what mercy is? Mercy is when God not only gives you what you ask for, but he puts a little jam on it too. He gives you more than you deserve. Let's pray today. Father, thank you for your unending mercy. You, are, you deposit, you back up the truck of mercy and deposit into our lives every day. But how much more do you want to give us when we show it horizontally? God, I pray that you would right now in this moment remind us of someone who's in misery that we can come and relieve that. We can love them and bless them. God, show us right now. Give us a name right now, a face of those that we can be merciful to, to love and show your kindness. And I pray for Radiant Church that it would be a radiant, merciful church of people who go out to extend to extend mercy and, and, and unending kindness and your unfailing love to those in their spheres of influence and in their spheres of, of concern. God, I pray a downpour of your mercy. Show us your mercy. And I thank you for your word today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Radiant Church, you are loved. Be radiant.